everyone. Welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all very much for tuning in today. Today's episode is going to be all about the heart and it's following along with the uh, kind of theme of the masterclass here on all the different organs. Um, I've already covered the skin and the liver and so today we are covering a vital organ which is definitely one of the most important organs in our body and that is the heart. So today I'll be covering pretty much you know what the heart is, uh, what are the heart's functions, and then I'll be covering a few other things like uh, traditional Chinese medicine uh, practices with the heart as well as uh, meditations with the heart and then what different foods and uh, things you can do to really help improve the health of your heart. So that will kind of be you know a, a layout of our of our episode today. Um, but anyways, before we dive into all that, I just wanted to cover a few things. So first off, if you, this is your first time listening, thank you very much for tuning in. I release a new episode every single Wednesday. Uh, I like to do it on, you know, my wellness Wednesdays to, uh, just provide all of you with some very digestible knowledge that you can go ahead and, you know, implement it into your life today, right after listening to this episode, you know, these are actionable, um, pieces of information that I like to provide on here. And uh, this is just kind of, uh, you know, kind of something I enjoy really doing. And it's uh, allows me to provide a lot of free information for everyone. Uh, like I said, in a very digestible way. And uh, aside from that, I'd like to go ahead and provide everyone with a little bit of a practice for the rest of the week here. Uh, so here recently, I've been kind of providing these different exercises, um, not necessarily physical exercises, but rather exercises we can do to help manage our stress levels or maybe to uh, just feel better throughout our day, whatever it may be. And so today I have the practice of gratitude. So gratitude is so incredibly important. And if you don't already have a gratitude practice, please go ahead and add that into your daily ritual it's super, super important. It's really good for the body. It's really good for the stress of the mind. And also it's just, you know, really good to reflect on the things that are going well in our lives and not reflect on the things that are not going correctly in our lives. So uh, gratitude practice, I mean, there's a lot of studies out there on it already with the benefits for, you know, mental health and um, even heart health as well. So definitely adding in a gratitude practice would be a great idea. Only takes about a couple minutes, maybe five minutes maximum, or you could obviously go longer. But nonetheless, absolutely add it into your practice. So for example, what I do typically is in my, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'll go ahead and I do a series of meditations. And in those meditations, I like to uh, cover five different things that I'm grateful for. And it's not just about, you know, listing off the things you're grateful for, but rather actually feeling the gratitude for those things, you know, and they can be very simple. They can be, you know, your house, they can be the food on your plate, um, you know, whatever you want it to be, uh, just find gratitude for them and really go ahead and actually feel that gratitude and just cover, you know, five different things a day. It's a very short practice, but has a lot of benefits and it's sure to help wire your brain to start looking for the things that are, you know, good in life and things that are going right, as opposed to the things that are not going right. So go ahead and implement that into your guys's weekly practice and see how that goes for all of you. And we'll check back in on uh, next Wednesday's episode. Okay, now let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which is obviously all about the heart. And this episode is a very, very important one because 
well, obviously our heart is just a vital organ. I think everyone pretty much already understands this. Um, but aside from it being such a vital organ, it's also one of those things that is uh, probably going to hit home for a lot of people because heart disease is a very, very common thing, um, not only here in the U.S., but you know globally. Uh, however, I wanted to start this episode off with a few statistics from the CDC, and this is not meant to necessarily scare everyone, you know, I mean, it, it just kind of is what it is, but it's rather to bring some awareness about um, really how important the heart is and how under attack it basically is um, from our health, our modern health, our food, um, and our lifestyles, you know, they're really truly destroying our heart health. So anyways, the statistics from the CDC are that the heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. About five, or sorry, 659,000 people in the United States die from heart disease every year. So that is one, about one in every four deaths. And heart disease costs the United States about $363 billion, that's billion with a B, each year, and this was from 2016 to 2017, so probably even higher now, uh, and this includes the cost of healthcare, services, medicines, and loss of productivity due to death. Uh, just a few more here, sorry, like I said, I know this is a bit of a downer, but we will definitely end on a high note. Uh, and then the last one is just about heart attacks. So uh, also from the CDC says, in the United States, someone has a heart attack about every 40 seconds, Every year, about 805,000 people in the United States have a heart attack. Of these 805,000 people, 605,000 are their first heart attacks. Uh, 200,000 happen to people who have already had heart attacks. And about one in five heart attacks is silent. So the damage is done, but the person is not aware of it. So like I said, I know these are pretty morbid but nonetheless, they're extremely important and they're really, you know, there's something that we we need to pay attention to because here's the deal. We can't move forward unless we understand really what's going on. And what's going on is that our hearts are, like I said, they're under attack from basically the lifestyles that we're living right now. And, you know, the numbers, they, they don't lie. They're showing what's going on. You know, this is like the number one killer in the United States. Uh, sorry, it's not like it is. So, this is an extremely important episode. Um, I think that everyone will benefit from this, and I'm sure there are many of you who are listening that probably either have heart issues or know someone who does. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, what the heart is, basically, and we'll kind of cover what it is and what it does. So the heart is a fist-sized organ, so it's about the size of a fist, made up of muscle, or what they call myocardium. So basically myo standing for muscle. Um, so basically it's just heart muscles, which pump blood throughout your body. And it's the primary organ of the circulatory system. Uh, your heart has pretty much four different uh, sections to it or chambers. And these are, you know, once again, made up of muscles and powered by electrical impulses. Uh, I won't get too much into the anatomy here, uh, and I'll just slightly dip into the physiology a little bit, um, but remember, once again, I'm trying to provide di digestible information here, so we're not going to get too crazy into um, the anatomy and physiology portion of this, um, but the heart is directly connected to the lungs, so 
going into the physiology here, the heart will go ahead and send blood to the lungs to become oxygenated and then circulate the uh, that oxygenated blood to the rest of the body to then provide oxygen to you know muscles and other parts of the body. So essentially, obviously, there's more going on, but that's pretty much for the most part kind of what it's doing is circulating the blood, allowing the blood to become oxygenated from the air that you're breathing. Also, your brain and nervous system are the uh, main systems that direct your heart's functions. And about one and a half gallons of blood is pumped by your heart each minute. So this is a very hardworking organ. It does a lot of incredible work for the body. And as you should already know, we definitely could not live without this organ. So very, very special organ here. Uh, the heart's main function, I already kind of explained this, but just to reiterate. So this is to move blood throughout the body. Um, your heart also controls the rhythm and speed of the heart rate. Uh, it maintains your blood pressure along with help from the kidneys as the kidneys can release uh, what's about to be basically pee back into your uh, back into your blood to keep your blood pressure from falling. So kind of odd, but actually, if you didn't already know that, um, shout out to Huberman Lab Podcast. Um, you're basically <laughs> pee is just filtered blood. So really that's all pee is. And when your blood pressure is dropping too low, your kidneys can actually go ahead and release some of that, you know, quote unquote, like pre pee back into your blood to keep your blood pressure from falling too low. Now your heart also works with other body systems to control your heart rate and other body functions. So the primary systems that it works with are the nervous system. Um, your nervous system helps to control your heart rate, you know, send signals to your heart to either be slower or uh, faster, depending on, you know, whatever is going on throughout the day. If you're in a uh, sympathetic mode or a parasympathetic mode, basically, if you're in a rest and relax mode or a, you know, get up and go kind of mode. Um, and then also the endocrine system. So your endocrine system uh, sends out hormones and these hormones basically tell your blood vessels to constrict or relax which affects your blood pressure, um, and the hormones from your thyroid gland can also tell your heart to be faster and slower. So that's kind of a little breakdown, a uh, very simple, simplified version of this, obviously, of what your heart is doing. But something I wanted to throw in here that is really, really cool is that, you know, all of the functions of the heart, they're super intricate and very amazing things. And, you know, we tend to think that you know, these are things that we don't have very much control over. However, you definitely do have control over it. So for example, um, your heart rate, you know, this is something that you might think is just kind of like if you're exercising, it's going to go up or if you're relaxing, it's going to go down. And while that is correct, uh, you can actually directly affect your heart rate. And one way of doing so is actually through breath work. So this is something that I absolutely teach to all of my clients. Um, sorry, if this is your first time listening, I'm a health coach. And uh, one of the big issues that I always try to work with people on is their stress levels. Uh, stress levels are usually extremely high in today's society. And so learning to calm down and lower the heart rate is a very, very special and much needed practice. So I always teach my clients uh, a few little breathwork techniques to actually uh, relax and calm down their heart rate. And one of the ways of doing that, I'll just go ahead and share this with you, is actually to have a shorter inhale, but a longer exhale. 
So, you know, basically count to, let's say, three or four when you're inhaling, and then on your exhale, maybe make it, you know, count to eight. So kind of like doubling the time of uh, your inhale. And this will actually calm down your body and lower your heart rate. So this is a really great practice for people who are, you know, in a high-stress job or whatever it may be. And when they come home, they need to take some time and relax. So um, anyways, we're going to cover stress a little bit more uh, when we get into, you know, how to be healthy for your heart. Uh, So I won't continue on with it too much here, but just thought it was really interesting that, you know, just through your breath, you can actually control so many different things. Also, one topic I wanted to quickly touch on, um, I'm not going to go too far into this because there's so much to talk about uh, on this topic, Um, and also I covered a little bit in my uh, liver podcast, but I wanted to touch on the fact that your blood pressure does rise in response to elevated insulin levels, okay? So this is a very, very important piece of information here because, uh, like I said, I don't have too much time to dive into this, but basically when you're eating foods that are high in carbohydrates or sugars, and, you know, especially if you're not active and you're not, you know, allowing these carbohydrates and sugars to be used, then they are going to definitely spike your insulin. And this will inadvertently basically, you know, kind of like, uh, raise your blood pressure levels, basically. So for people who are dealing, you know, for example, with uh, high blood pressure levels, then being mindful of the carbohydrate and sugar intake is definitely a very important thing to do. Um, You might want to lower definitely your intake of sugars, but also your intake of carbohydrates, or maybe increase your workout load if that is something that would be right for you. But nonetheless, very interesting topic, and I felt that it was definitely worth mentioning here um, because a lot of times I don't think we correlate the heart with, you know, kind of insulin or um, even just eating food, right? Uh, so anyways, yeah, thought it was very interesting to add in there. Um, and then really quickly, this is something I'm, I meant to mention in my previous podcast on the liver, but nonetheless, I'll go ahead and throw it in here. And that is basically the traditional Chinese medicine um viewpoint basically on different organs. So with each organ, or at least with, uh, I believe it's with the vital organs, or maybe there's a few extras in there, but traditional Chinese medicine has paired a different emotion with each of your organs. So for example, with the heart, they pair that with the emotion of joy. So they say that You know, this organ is linked with joy, but the imbalance of joy is expressed as either too much in the form of agitation or restlessness or too little in the form of depression. So like I said, they kind of pair a different emotion with each organ. And for example, the liver is paired with anger. So for example, um, you know, a person who deals with a lot of anger issues they are probably having issues with their liver as well. So there's kind of a, t- uh, a link there, you know? Um, someone who maybe has uh, high levels of depression has something to do also with the heart. Um, I think this is just a very interesting approach to look at, you know, and uh, really keep in mind because realistically, our bodies do not just work in, you know, one track fields, basically. You know, we, 
we are a whole system and our bodies, you know, they work together cohesively. Uh, so when we look at different parts of the body, it's important to remember that there's so many different factors that need to be included um, when thinking about the health of different organs. And so um, this is just a very interesting way of looking at things. And, you know, in terms of liver health, uh, looking at, you know, this this person's anger levels, are they dealing with a lot of anger or are they around people who are very angry? And then with the heart, you know, how, how much joy is this person having on a daily basis? Um, you know, these are good questions to ask ourselves and uh, they're very easy to kind of analyze for ourselves as well without having to, you know, really go like, uh, into a, a medical professional office or something like that. Obviously, if you have serious health conditions, please, please go to your medical professional. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to do that. Um, but nonetheless, this is a very interesting topic here with traditional Chinese medicine. Now, this might be a little out there for some of you, and that's fine, but I have to touch on this because realistically, there's so much science coming out on it. And real, you know, on top of that, there's a lot of firsthand experience from people who are experiencing um, benefits of meditation and heart health. So if you all know who Joe Dispenza is, then you'll pretty much be right on track with me. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But Joe Dispenza is a, uh, I believe he's a doctor who has these amazing meditations and his whole practice is just incredible. But one of the things that he talks about is uh, having heart coherence. So basically having your heart beating in a coherent manner or just operating in a coherent manner. So I know that might sound a little weird, but now let's kind of cover a little bit of the science here. So for example, your heart actually has neurons in it, which is kind of weird because we would obviously expect that to only be, you know, basically in the brain or maybe in the, in the spinal cord or something of that, you know, realm, right? But you actually have neurons in your heart and your heart generates the largest electromagnetic field in the body, which is 60 times greater than your brain waves and this was recorded with an EEG, and uh, also this was reported by researchers at the Heart Math Institute. So um, in a lot of Joe Dispenza's writings, he'll reference them. Uh, the heart has a biomatic, uh, biomagnetic field that is 5,000 times larger than the brain. So your heart is really able to give off this you know, field of energy that can expand to six to eight feet outside of you, outside of your body. It's much more powerful than even your brain. Uh, the heart actually has around 40,000 neurons that can sense, feel, remember, and learn. So your brain can actually, or sorry, your heart can actually remember. And, it, you know, it can send signals to your brain about different emotions that, you know, your body has experienced and your heart might be holding onto those experiences. So for example, you know, when you think about um, heartbreak or maybe someone who is feeling a lot of joy, you know, these emotions are being experienced, you know, probably in other parts of the body, but also specifically in the heart. And that's why, I don't know for those of you who have been through a serious heartbreak or anything, but you can truly feel, you know, like a heaviness in the chest. Um, this is the heart remembering. It's the heart remembering this emotion, right? Uh, it definitely is feeling. So 
This is a very interesting topic, and it's something that is growing in you know uh, the medical field, basically, but is very under, uh, interesting to understand and to start putting into practice. Because realistically, you can start working with your heart, uh, your heart coherence, which I will talk about in a little bit. Um, but also, what's very interesting to think about is, have you ever walked into a room where you almost just feel like there's something off with the energy of that room, right? Like maybe some people had a fight in there or, you know, and they're sitting at two opposite ends of the room or whatever it may be, but you walk in there and you don't even have to ask anyone what happened. You can just feel that there is like tension in the air, right? Or maybe, um, something really, really great happened, you know, and you can walk in and and feel that lively energy. Well, this is definitely some, you know, from this large biomagnetic field, right, this electromagnetic field that your heart can produce, um, it can be felt by others. And that's why bringing your best emotions and best intentions with you all the time is so important because people can really pick up on that stuff. I mean, I know I have, and I know a lot of people um, have done so as well. You know, it's very easy to really pick up on other people's emotions and kind of what's going on. Uh, And that's largely due to this heart giving off these different kinds of feelings. So like I said, I know for a lot of you, maybe that's starting to stretch it a little bit, but there is a lot of science backing this up. So uh, feel free to check out the Heart Math Institute. Very interesting um, studies that they have going on. Uh, if, if you care to dig into this deeper. And then as far as meditations go, definitely check out Joe Dispenza. But either way, trying to work on meditations that are centered on the heart and create heart, heart and brain coherence are very, very powerful meditations. They're very great. They're things that I actually am practicing myself personally right now, um, and they take a lot of practice, you know, maybe a little bit more of an advanced meditation, but definitely worth looking into. And also on that note, if you haven't already read Joe Dispenza's books or looked into him at all, definitely check him out. I'll try to link him in the show notes for sure. Now, obviously, I can't just leave y'all hanging with, you know, telling you what the heart is and all the issues with it without telling you some actionable steps to make your heart healthier. So the first one, and this is the most basic, but it's to drink water. So I know this sounds very, uh, you know, maybe just super simple. And I've said this a million times, but yes, being hydrated, and I'm not talking about being overly hydrated where you're going to the restroom every five minutes and you're basically peeing out water. I'm talking about keeping a healthy level of hydration is very good for your health because it will help to keep your blood pressure levels regulated. Uh, Like I said, if your blood pressure is dropping, your body will actually release that pre-pee into your blood to help keep that blood pressure at a, you know, correct level basically. And the second one, which is for all of my coffee lovers out there like myself, uh, coffee has actually been shown to lower the risk of heart disease for every, uh, for the first eight ounce cup of coffee that you would drink in the morning, you have a reduced reduced risk of heart failure by 7%. And then if you go ahead and have a second cup of that eight, ounce, eight ounces of coffee, you have a 8% uh, decrease in the risk for heart failure. However, the caveat to this is that as you then go ahead and take that third cup of coffee, you are now dropping down to 5%. So you are actually having a diminishing return on that. 
So seems about one to two cups is really the sweet spot with the coffee. Overdoing the coffee can definitely be hard on the system and taxing on the adrenal glands with releasing of cortisol. So finding that sweet spot of one to two cups of coffee is totally the you know ideal kind of number you want to shoot for. Um, and this is coming from a person who can easily put down four to five cups of coffee in a morning. So yes, I understand it's a little bit difficult, but nonetheless, it's definitely worth your time to, uh, really try to, you know, kind of create the, um, the discipline of only drinking one to two cups a day. So, uh, nonetheless, you still get to enjoy your coffee. So, uh, also on that note, shaga, which is a medicinal mushroom, which I did a whole episode on is actually prescribed to, uh, to some people in certain countries for heart disease. Uh, because of its anti-inflammatory properties, which uh, inflammation is a huge issue for heart health. So uh, if you haven't already listened to the Shaga episode, feel free to go back and listen to that one. Uh, Shaga is an amazing medicinal mushroom. It's called the king of mushrooms because it's that incredible. So (laughs) go ahead and check out um, some, try to get yourself some Shaga. Uh, For example, you could go to uh, Rainbow Mushrooms. That's rainbow with without the W at the end, for Sigmatic, um, Host Defense, any of those brands are going to be really good brands for uh, all of your mushroom needs, basically, your medicinal mushroom needs. Um, but nonetheless, Shaga is a great one, so go ahead and try to find it. And now, moving on to what would be probably the most important heart healthy item I can really cover. Um, obviously all of the ones I'm covering are going to be really good, but this one is super important and that is magnesium. So magnesium is actually one of the most common deficiencies in the United States, and it's actually directly associated with heart failure. So magnesium is responsible for over 300 different functions in the body. Okay. Uh, I've heard it can even be up to over 600 different functions in the body, but either way you look at it, it's extremely important and we are very deficient in it. So making sure we are getting adequate amounts of magnesium is extremely important. So obviously to get magnesium into the body, I always like to go first off with whole foods because that is the best source of getting any of your vitamins and minerals and nutrients all together. So things like you know, leafy greens like bok choy or mustard greens are going to be really good options for getting some uh, magnesium into your diet. However, and this is a very special little food here that most people will enjoy eating, and that is cacao. So chocolate, basically. Now, this is not milk chocolate. This is not the, you know, super, super sugary chocolate that you are thinking of. It's not the Hershey's brand, right? I'm talking about that dark chocolate, like 80% plus dark chocolate. Okay, that's to really get the benefits of the cacao, or you can just go get raw cacao and throw that bad boy in some smoothies, and that's a really great way of getting cacao into your system, and yes, it has extremely high levels of magnesium, so that's a really great option, and then you have things like chia seeds and pumpkin seeds, a lot of the nuts as well, like cashews, um, also have uh, levels of magnesium, so including those into your diet is a really good option for getting magnesium into your system. However, I realize that a lot of our foods are actually not as high in the nutrients like they used to be. And we are also not always getting, you know, adequate amounts of food or 
those specific foods. So adding a supplement would probably be a good idea, especially for magnesium, being that so many people are deficient in it. Um, and for example, my favorite way of getting magnesium in is honestly just to drink a, uh, a gold juice by Organifi. It's incredible, super, super good tasting. I do the chocolate version of the, uh, the gold. And honestly, it's just incredible uh, for nighttime. Like I'll take that and it's like a little hot chocolate right before, you know, not exactly like right before bed, but maybe a couple hours before I'm going to sleep. Um, the gold is just incredible. It's like, like I said, like a cup of hot cocoa and it's just, you know, basically filled with all these things that are way more healthy for you. Um, they don't use any uh, sugar, so it's, you know, sweetened with like monk fruit and uh, they actually include I believe it's 10 milligrams of magnesium in each serving. So uh, this is a really great way of getting the magnesium. Also, magnesium can help with your sleep. So this is a great option uh, for, you know, taking this right before bedtime. Like I said, like a couple hours before bedtime. They also have, you know, organic turmeric in there. They have reishi mushroom, turkey tail mushroom, which are really, really great for the body. Reishi as well for helping you get to sleep. But realistically, this Gold juice is just incredible, and it's a great way of getting magnesium into the body. Um, if you care to do a different route, absolutely go for it. Just make sure it's a reputable brand. The reason I use uh, Organifi is just because they are super, super clean, and they go through all the you know, third-party testings necessary to make sure that their products are of the highest quality. So highly recommend checking out Organifi's gold juice. Uh, you can check out all the other ones, but as far as magnesium goes, uh, check out the gold one. So I'll be sure to put that in the show notes and, uh, just go ahead and click on the link in there and you'll get a 20% off discount code. If you click on that link and get yourself some gold and get yourself some good sleep and some good magnesium. Um, also on that note, if you are taking a, you know, straight up just magnesium supplement, um, not the gold one, cause gold obviously does it in very specific amounts, but if you're taking a magnesium supplement and you're taking too much of it, uh, be careful because <laughs> if you're taking it orally, you can actually um, end up with, well, let's just say, uh, you end up with the runs. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's not a good, not a good thing. Um, your body can only tolerate so much magnesium. You can go overboard on it. So, uh, just use the suggested amounts, or if you use a topical uh, brand, then, uh, you're fine with that. You don't have to worry about any dosings on those, but either way, get magnesium into your system. I don't care how you do it, whether it's with Organifi's gold juice or whether it's with a supplement or you're just eating a ton of food with a lot of magnesium in it, just go ahead and make sure that it's something that you're doing. Um, the other thing would be to start including more berries into your diets. So berries are really high in polyphenols and they're very low in sugar. So they're kind of like a perfect heart healthy snack and also just a healthy snack in general for your um, overall health. But being that they have this high level polyphenols, it is actually really, really considered a heart healthy food. And like I said, really low in sugar, which is awesome. Uh, now, as far as for things to avoid, you're going to want to avoid added sugars, um, especially liquid sugars. So yeah, like, you know, corn syrup, uh, cane sugar, uh, any, uh, any of those kind of sweeteners, you're going to definitely want to watch out for those. Um, they're very easy to, you know, drink a lot of them basically, you know, if, if you have a soda or something, uh, you're just drinking down so much sugar and, uh, this is definitely not good for the, the health of your heart. And, um, 
trying to make sure that we eliminate as much sugar as possible is not just going to be healthy for our heart. It's going to be healthy for our bodies overall. Um, we are eating way too much sugar as a society and we definitely need to slow down on it. So cutting out the sugar is a great idea. And then also watching out for bad oils. Okay. So these are the vegetable oils. These are the, um, canola oils, you know, soybean oils, uh, all those different kind of oils that you're probably typically using, you're going to want to watch out for those. Um, they are uh, polyunsaturated fats and they're very unstable. So they become rancid uh, very, very easily. And basically the second they hit any kind of heat, they become rancid and can cause a lot of inflammation in the body, which is not good for your heart health. Um, as I was stating earlier, inflammation is one of the leading issues with heart issue um, with heart diseases. So watching out on the inflammation or inflammatory causing uh, foods is super important. And the number one, you know, probably the number one inflammatory causing food is going to be these unhealthy oils. And not only that, you know, it's such a joke how they try to say, you know, like vegetable oil to make it sound like it's healthier or something like that. When if you just look at the back, it's only like soybean oil or corn oil or whatever it may be, you know. Um, and so realistically the vegetable oil is really just a misleading title. Um, it's not really made out of a bunch of different vegetables like they'll typically have on the front. It's usually soy or corn. Um, and once again, like I said, these are definitely not the oils you want to be cooking with. We want to be cooking with oils that are, um, stable at higher heats like avocado oil, coconut oil, um, butter or ghee, which is even better than butter, um, has a higher, um, heat point basically, uh, and is really good for cooking your food in. Um, so definitely make the switch over to those oils. They're going to be much healthier for you. And yeah, go ahead and toss that canola oil down the drain or, um, well, no, don't, don't throw it down the drain. Uh, that might be bad for your drain. Uh, throw it into your trash can and get that thing out of your cabinet. Okay. Now for a couple things that you can do to improve the health of your heart. Um, the first one, which is very obvious, but still should be said, and that is your to get exercise basically. So, um, we all know that as we exercise, we're going to be, you know, working our heart out and, you know, just making it healthier. But if you think about it, the heart is basically a muscle, obviously it's more complex than that, but at the core, it's definitely a muscle. And if you have ever had like a cast on a, your leg or your arm or something like that, maybe you've broken a bone, well, what ends up happening to all the muscles on, like, let's just say it's your leg. They become very flabby, right? They become, uh, like, you know, a, ver a version of it that, like, the a, a poor version of what it used to be. Uh, and that's just because it hasn't been used in a really long time. So here, the saying of, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of deal, um, definitely rings true. Because if you're not using the muscles of your leg, then they're going to start to dissipate and go away. Uh, and then you'll have to obviously work out and try to get those muscles back. Well, it's the same thing with your heart, right? If you're not using your heart um, to pump a lot of blood and, and get this physical uh, exercise in, then it's going to not be as strong as, and, and it's not going to be as strong nor as in good of shape as it could be if you were actually putting it to use. So definitely getting out and exercising is a really key uh, factor in having really good heart health. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy, okay? This could literally be uh, just walking. It's actually, walking has been shown to reduce the risk of um, cardiovascular events by 31%. 
um, as well as cutting the risk of dying down to 32%. So <laughs> this is, you know, something very simple, just walking can be so healthy for you and for your heart. And this isn't like you have to be speed walking or anything. It's a simple, you know, 20 to 30 minute walk, um, as slow as, you know, like two miles an hour. Okay. So you don't have to go super crazy on these walks. Just get outside and move, go do a small walk. It's going to be so good for you. And also as a health coach, one thing I always tell people is I'm helping you to get back to your natural state of health. Uh, so if you think about all of our ancestors, they were typically walking so, so much. And this is not, you know, we're, we're not going back that far, even like 200 years ago, maybe, uh, cars weren't as accessible, you know, uh, just transportation in general wasn't as accessible. And so you had to walk, you had to go and move around constantly, you know, and cover a few miles a day, maybe. So this is something that our bodies are built to do. This is medicine. Walking is absolutely medicine for the body. Um, exercise is medicine for the body. So get outside, get the exercise in, whether it's just a simple little walk or actually, you know, a run or, um, any, you know, a sport, whatever it may be, definitely, definitely get in the cardio to help out the uh, health of your heart. So, and then the last thing I'm going to cover here, uh, actually, no, sorry, there's two more. Um, the first one is sleep. So getting really good sleep is super important for the uh, health of your heart as well. It's actually lack of sleep is at the root of so many heart problems that people are having today. And improving our sleep is going to be key to really improving the health of our heart. But the problem here is that so many people are having issues with their sleep, right? There's so many people out there who are now dealing with things like insomnia or just trouble getting to sleep or maybe trouble staying asleep. And there's so many factors that go into sleep that we aren't doing right. And one of the big ones is definitely using um, our telephones and, sorry, not our telephones, our, our cellular phones um, and TVs and laptop screens so late at night because they have that blue light coming off of them, which is tricking your brain into thinking that, you know, it's midday and it should be releasing cortisol and not melatonin to help you go to bed. So cutting out the use of, you know, artificial lights basically is a really big one. Um, you know, not eating too late before you go to bed, all these different things come into play when we are trying to improve our sleep and people are really, really having a hard time with their sleep. So uh, this is something that really needs to be taken into account and worked on. Um, and then the last one is our stress. So I've said this so many times, but we live our lives in a state of you know, like low level stress, basically all the time. We are constantly living in this, um, sympathetic nervous system state, right? Where we're constantly, um, maybe a little bit of an elevated heart rate, you know, and always kind of worrying about the, the next thing we have to do, or, you know, the person that cut us off in traffic or our boss said something to us, you know, whatever it may be, we kind of live in this state of like constant stress. And so learning to, you know, downregulate that and go into our parasympathetic state, which is, you know, the rest and relax is going to be so key. Once again, this is why I teach all of my clients, uh, typically some, some kind of breath work, you know, as long as they're open to it, I definitely provide them with a few breath work practices that are very simple to do, but will help to relax the body because we need to stop being in such a, uh, a stressed out state all the time. Right. 
So definitely working on your stress levels is going to be key as well to your heart health. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to be it for the different things you can do to improve your heart health. Uh, so once again, I'll just kind of cover those really quickly. So um, water, staying hydrated, um, one to two cups of coffee can be a good thing for your heart health. Shaga can be very anti-inflammatory. Um, magnesium, which is something that we're all super deficient in. And uh, like I said, Organifi's gold version is an incredible way of getting that in. Um, berries, which are high in polyphenols, avoiding sugar, um, avoiding bad oils, exercising, getting awesome sleep, and then de-stressing. These are all going to be things that are going to really, really, really help out the heart health. So if you're dealing with any heart issues or you just want to kind of keep any heart issues from arising, I definitely would highly recommend uh, you know, including these practices into your life. And in general, these are just good practices to have anyways. So um, they're just going to be healthy for you to do, uh, regardless of if you have any heart issues or not. But either way, I hope this really resonated with a lot of you and gave you some actionable steps that you can do today, or maybe provide to your friend or family member that might need to hear this information. Um, you can always just send this podcast to them as well so that they can listen to it. But you know, however you do it, just go ahead and implement uh, this advice here and get on your path to having better heart health. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode for the heart. Um, obviously, one of the most vital organs we have. And yeah, I hope you found this super helpful. Um, that's really what I'm here to do is I just really want to provide so much knowledge and free knowledge and be of service to all of you. Um, so thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate all of your listenership so, so much. Um, I will be having a few other episodes that are going to be not so much related to the, you know, the Oregon masterclass, but I have a very, very special guest coming up here soon. So, uh, she might be on the next podcast or maybe the one after that, but stay tuned. You're going to love that one. It's incredible. And yeah, that's going to do it. So go ahead and implement that gratitude practice this week if you aren't already doing a gratitude practice. And you guys already know the motto, do everything with good intentions. Um, if you do everything with good intentions, I promise you, um, you're going to have a lot less regret in your life. And uh, connect to your elements. <laughs> you know, that's what it, that's what the show is all about. You know, I'm looking at health from a whole perspective, right? Taking all the elements in to, uh, into mind, right? And uh, also connecting to the elements. So, you know, getting connected to the earth, grounding, uh, staying hydrated, getting the sunlight on our skin and our eyes and uh, breathing correctly, you know, getting all those four elements in and connecting to them is going to be so key for our health. So anyways, go ahead and do that and practice the gratitude this week and tune in next Wednesday for the next episode. I appreciate all of you so, so much. Um, if you haven't already left a review on any of the podcast sites, feel free to do so. Um, and if you are able to leave a comment as well, feel free to do so. I love reading those. Uh, if you want to reach out to me and connect on social media, I'm very active on Instagram and I will go ahead and link that in the show notes. And if you want to go ahead and schedule a free health consultation with me so that we can go ahead and set up a health coaching program for you, uh, feel free to reach out to me at the email that I will link in the show notes. And yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. So thank you all so much once again for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I will... See you next week. Alrighty, peace. 
This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.